0: Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. A few of you? Well, my name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to welcome you to Element Church. And I want to welcome you to week three of our series called Dual Citizen. Now, uh, I'm guessing if you've been here for the last few weeks, then you're caught up on what we're talking about and and what we're covering and focusing on in this series. And if you haven't been, uh, my guess is just the title and the graphic send the message of the timeliness of some of the things that we're talking about. But, but I want to start this morning by just asking the question, why are we doing this? We're not doing this because we want to highlight or promote a particular politician. We are not doing this because we want to highlight or promote a particular party. Those are two things that we never do here at Element Church. We're not doing this to even uh, highlight or speak about a particular issue. Now, we'll talk about issues at Element Church, um, but rarely do we ever make a connection to anything within our judicial or political system. What we're doing is we are highlighting and recognizing that we are in a very unique place in life. Um, we're doing this to provide perspective, to prov- provide perspective on our lives in a season of chaos and a season of division, and a season of confusion or discouragement, as we're all trying to navigate what the next couple weeks, the next few months, and then of course the next few years will look like uh, in our very real everyday lives. And so we're, we're doing this to provide some perspective. And it doesn't really matter what kind of voter you are. You may be a traditional red voter, maybe a blue voter, you may be a green voter, a non-voter, you may be a personality voter, you may be an issues voter. It doesn't really matter where you come at that. You may not quite be old enough to vote, but you're certainly seeing what's going on and hearing about the news. But it doesn't even really matter what kind of voter you are or would be. Um, I don't think Very many people are excited about a lot of the things that we see, and it's hard to know how to put all the pieces together and and how all this is supposed to mesh with the kind of things that we read about in the Bible and that we talk about in church and that we uh, explore and discuss and encourage and challenge in our small groups and e-groups with the reality of what's going on in our world, because the reality is you and I are dual citizens, Obviously, we're citizens of a place here on earth. That's the reality of life. Jesus even acknowledged that, that while we may not be of the world, meaning that may not be the source of who we are, we are in the world. But, as our key verse for this whole series states, but our citizenship is in heaven. We're dual citizens. We balance this citizenship on earth with a citizenship in heaven. And in this series, we're wrestling with what that means. Paul here, in his letter, Philippians, says that we're citizens of heaven. One of the phrases that Jesus loved to use in his teaching was this idea of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And that we're citizens there as well. And so we're exploring what does it mean to be a citizen of the kingdom. And As we talk about kingdom in this series, we've sort of defined it like this. When we talk about kingdom, we mean the rule and the reign of God. And the Bible speaks hope into the future that one day that rule and reign, that kingdom will be a real physical presence here. But that there's another aspect of the kingdom That that you and I embody the kingdom in our community. That as a church, we become the visual representation of the kingdom here on earth. Not in its fullest form, but a sort of like an appetizer for what is to come. And then we also talk about the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God in our personal lives. What does it mean for, for God to rule and to reign in my heart, in my mind? In my life. So, in order to do this in this series, we're exploring Matthew chapter 13. Two weeks ago, we kind of introduced this series and the idea of the kingdom and why it's so important and what Jesus taught on it. Last week, Cameron came and began walking us through Matthew chapter 13. Now, why Matthew 13? Because in Matthew 13, Jesus tells a parable, tells multiple parables, parables over and over and over again to teach his audience and his followers and his disciples, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Let me help illustrate how you could understand what we mean and talk about when we talk about the kingdom of God. And so that's what Jesus is doing in telling these parables. So we are looking at Jesus' parables, his stories that are used as illustration tools so we can help. Uh, it can help us and we can better understand what we mean and what Jesus means when he talks about the kingdom so that we can understand what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. And so we're going to pick up where Cameron left off last week in Matthew 13. And so it's of course going to be on the screen, but if you have your Bible app open, I do encourage you to follow along that way, because when you're in the Bible app you can highlight things, you can make notes, you can save it for future reference whereas it'll be a little difficult to highlight just what we put on the screen. So, I encourage you to follow along in the Bible app if you have it with you and open. And so Jesus is going to tell us his second parable in a row on the kingdom. And he starts it like this. He, that's Jesus, put it another put another parable before them saying, "The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Sounds a little similar to Cameron's last week, but Jesus is going to have a little twist on it. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, uh, did you not sow good seed in your field? Just a simple illustration, a story designed to teach a point. Designed to illustrate something he wants his audience to understand about the kingdom. And I actually think this is a very appropriate lesson for you and I in this season that we're in right now. Now here in a minute, the disciples are going to pull Jesus aside and say essentially, Hey, that was a nice story. Could you explain it though? Why did you tell that story? But before we look at that, Jesus tells another parable in Matthew 13 that's very similar. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read them both because they both sort of illustrate the same idea. And then we'll talk about what it means and why it's relevant for you and I today in our lives right now. And so if we skip forward into Matthew 13, we're going to look at verse 47. Another parable Jesus is going to tell about the kingdom. And this one he says like this, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net. That was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the, in, sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so Jesus tells us another story to illustrate this same idea. To illustrate that there are good and bad and that are going to be sorted. Whether it's wheat and weeds, or it's good fish, desired fish, targeted fish, and those that you might not want. Anyone who ever goes fishing or has experience in fishing knows that uh, you can target certain kinds of fish, but that doesn't always mean that's the fish you're going to catch. Maybe when you're young, any fish is a good fish, but... Sometimes you want to catch a particular one, but you can't always do that. And Jesus is saying the same thing. Sometimes we'll get what we want and sometimes we won't. So why is Jesus telling these two stories? What is he trying to illustrate? Well, the disciples are going to ask him the exact same question. And so we're going to look at Matthew 13, starting in verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and the disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, Jesus referring to himself, the field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age and the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The son of man will send his angels and they will gather out his kingdom, all causes of sin. Uh, gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus starts to just give the disciples a little bit of perspective. Okay, when I talk about the field, I'm talking about the world. When I talk about the person who's sowing good seed, I'm, I'm talking about myself. When I talk about the good seed, I'm talking about the sons and the daughters of the kingdom. And he goes to explain what he's talking about and to illustrate a point for his audience. And here's the key, and Cameron touched on this last week. Jesus closes that with saying, he who has ears, let him hear. And as Cameron illustrated last week, there's a difference between listening and hearing. There's a difference between listening to the words someone is saying versus hearing the heart of what they're trying to communicate. As we saw last week, that's actually why Jesus told parables. He told parables so that those who had an ear for hearing, those who were trying to understand the message Jesus wanted to communicate, they could grasp it. Because there's a difference between hearing and understanding. Are you just listening to the words Jesus is saying? Or can you hear the heart of what he's trying to communicate? There's a couple points that I want to highlight that I think are relevant for us right now, today, in this season that we find ourselves in in our lives. I want you to notice something in both parables, in the parables of the wheat and the parables of the fish, there's a a distinction between the desired and the undesired, the good and the bad. That there'll be a separation one day. Here's what I, I think that illustrates for us. That there should be something unique about our lives as sons and daughters of the kingdom. As the good seed that Jesus plants in this world. That there should be something unique and distinct about us. That there should be something different in how we handle ourselves on social media in this kind of season. That there should be a light to who we are in the midst of a lot of darkness. That we should be a source of unity in a season of disunity and dysfunction. That we should be a source of hope in a time of difficulty and discouragement. That there should be a difference between us and the rest of the world because we are sons and daughters of God's kingdom. Our dual citizenship should change the way we live in this world. Our citizenship in heaven should change how we live here. But there's one other thing that I want to highlight, and really where I kind of want to land the plane for us today. I think why Jesus is ultimately telling these two stories is to answer the question, if God's kingdom is here on earth, why are things still so bad? If you remember from two weeks ago when we started this series, Jesus came preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He then taught his disciples, I want you to go out into all the cities and the villages, and I want you to teach and preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. If you remember, Matthew described Jesus' ministry about preaching and building the kingdom uh, and the gospel of the kingdom in his hometown. And then Matthew said Jesus moved into all the cities and villages. And then right before Jesus was going to the cross, he said, I want to tell you something, guys the gospel of the kingdom is going to go throughout the entire world. And I think Jesus tells these parables to help us understand if the gospel, if if the kingdom of God is here, then why are things still so bad? Why why does it not feel like things are changing? To sort of answer that question, Jesus says, well, think of it like this. There's a farmer who plants his wheat, but along with that wheat are going to grow up weeds. And what the farmer is going to do is he's going to wait. Instead of pulling up all the weeds in the early season, when he risks damaging the wheat and the crop, he says, let's wait. We'll wait until the time is right. When the time is right, we'll take care of it. When the time is right, there'll be a separation. And Jesus is trying to help us, not only in our culture, wrestle with the fact that if the kingdom of God is here, and it's growing, why are things still bad? Why do we still see things that are so disappointing or or such in contrast to the kingdom? But I think this is also a great application for your life. Not just for our society, not just for an election season, but for you. As a reminder that God's plan is not the same as his timing. Sometimes we feel like, well, if that's really what God wants to do, if that's a part of his plan, why isn't it happening right now? If that's what God is going to do, if that's a part of his plan and his will and his purpose and his desire for me, then why isn't it true? Why don't I experience that as true and present in my life right now? And these two parables illustrate that, that God's plan is not the same as his timing. God's purpose does not always work itself out in the immediate moment, but that we wait with patience. There is a group of people in the Bible who experience this same kind of idea, like, if God has given me a promise, why don't I experience the fulfillment of it right now? We've talked about him before, the Israelites in the Old Testament, when God had said, hey, I'm going to promise you this land. And they held on to that promise, but it didn't come true for a long, long time. Actually, for hundreds of years, for many, many generations. And God gave them a promise to let them know that just because they weren't experiencing the fulfillment of the promise didn't mean that he had forgotten or changed his mind. In Deuteronomy 31.6, God says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. That's the people that they were about to face who were in the land that they were going to take. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. I want you to hear me say this. You are not forsaken. You are not alone. There are times where we think about God's promises and it's like, but it's not true right now. Like it's not, it's not complete, it's not fulfilled in my life. And there are aspects of God's plan where he says, we're gonna wait. We're not gonna take action yet, we're gonna wait. Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, I know the kingdom of God is growing, but let me tell you why. It's, there's still bad stuff out there because I'm not done. Just wait. And I want you to hear this. You are not forsaken. You are not alone. When it feels like God has forgotten, He has not. When you wonder why the promises haven't come to completion yet, God's not done. We celebrate God's presence with us, even when we don't understand his timing. This is a difficult season in our society. Like when we talk about looking around and seeing the weeds in the midst of the field, like there's bad everywhere we look. And it doesn't even matter which aisle you stand on. When you look at out, you just, it's negative, And it's frustrating and it's discouraging. But we don't lose hope. We don't lose hope because our citizenship ultimately isn't here. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we trust that our king has a plan. Our king has a purpose. Even if we don't understand it now. And we take hope and we take heart that we we are not forsaken. And we are not alone. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I come and I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you. And it seems like we go through this just about every four years, where things turn negative and they get frustrating and discouraging. And um, what disunity was already apparent gets worse. And we talk about building your kingdom here on earth, and it, it sometimes feels like we're taking backward steps. But, Jesus, we hold firm to your promise. we know that you are building your kingdom here that in our hearts and in our community you are displaying your kingdom and we, Jesus, invite you to to rule and to reign in our lives to rule and reign in our community Jesus, we anxiously await your return to establish your kingdom here I want you to keep your eyes closed as we enter into a time of prayer and response. We're going to sing a song to just celebrate that, that we endure those difficult seasons because of Jesus. And we are going to declare and we are going to sing and we are going to celebrate that we are not forsaken and that we are not alone. That even when it doesn't Feel like God is fulfilling his promise or that he is forgotten, we celebrate the truth that we know he is not. That he has not left us, he has not forsaken us, he has not forgotten, he is here. And so, our invitation to you is, is for that to be an expression of what's in your heart. Maybe maybe you feel that to be true right now and maybe you don't. But even in those seasons where we don't, we still declare it because we know it's true. And so this is our invitation to you. To respond to the goodness of God that he has not forsaken you and he has not left you. That even when the world turns to chaos, we have hope in our king. Because we are sons and daughters of the king. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come before you and to worship and to celebrate you. Lord, what we sing, I pray that it would not just be words on a screen, but that it would be a reflection of the of what we declare is true. It would be a reflection of what is in our hearts. And if it's not in our hearts, Lord, that as we declare it, you would You would help that to become a reality for us. And we stand and we celebrate and we declare these things because of you, Jesus. Because of you.